Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. Welcome back to Wonderfully Weird Living, the uh, podcast uh, with myself, John Waters, but more importantly, pastor and author Drake Hunter. Good I don't morning. know about that, but good morning. Good morning. I'm just here to drive. Okay. I'll, I'll take the direction. <laughs> Uh, well, first of all, let me say to you a, a very Merry Christmas. As we record this, it is the morning of Christmas Eve, and we're getting ready for uh, a couple of services this afternoon at the church. Yes, I'm ready to go. I can feel the the energy, or maybe it's nervousness. I'm not sure. But yes, uh, we're getting uh, prepared, and we're ready. I'm, I'm looking forward to the two services this afternoon. Looking forward to it. Well, and trying something new. I think we talked about it a little bit last week about doing afternoon services, 2.30 and 4.30, uh, with the thought being that allows people then to uh, spend the evening with family and friends. Yes, uh, honoring the family. And, and of course, uh, uh, being Elevating Life Church, uh, we tend to to push, uh, I guess, the, the traditional envelope in the sense of let's not be traditional, and uh, let's try something different. And, and then, but at the same time, it does uh, get us back to the the tradition. At least in in my experience, I don't know about you, John, but where you're you're spending that evening uh, around the Christmas tree, having, uh, in my case, was soup, uh, noodle, chicken noodle soup, uh, with my family. So yes, and and giving them the opportunity to really gather around, uh, you know, together so that they can spend time together and influence one another in a good way, family, and uh, enriching. And and elevating life. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, today as we come together, Drake, um, jump. Yeah, the, we used the Van Halen song "Jump" this past Sunday, which uh, of you know we've been doing this series uh, yes. all year long using classic rock songs, and it's really pushed the uh, pushed me creatively and and ability wise in guitar playing to learn some of these songs, and and I've got to say this was probably the most difficult one for me until I figured it out. Yes. And then it became easy, uh, and we uh, did it on Sunday. Came off very well. So, uh, but uh, very interesting. Yes, and I was watching you, and it was very ironic because the whole uh, the subject of the message is focus, and boy, were you focused on Sunday with that uh, with that piece, you know. And and I appreciate that. I, I do. Let me do something here, John. I have to give a personal thank you to John. Uh, excuse me, John, for uh, Matt, our executive pastor. He stepped up and he actually preached the message uh, this last Sunday to kind of give me that a little bit of uh, breathing room because of the Christmas message. So uh, it was just a, a pleasure and honor to be sitting there. And, you know, all I thought, John, was our boy's growing up. <laughs> and, and there he is. He, he did a wonderful job. Uh, and so uh, and so it's it, this is different because uh, we're sitting here now, hopefully not critiquing too too much of the message, but uh, in a different spot, uh, more your spot, I guess. That's where I'd be this week uh, right. when it comes to this, uh, this discussion. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because every other one, uh, well, I guess with one, <laughs> with one, Matt did preach one other time yeah. this year. And so other than that, it's been 
then you and then me a few times. Yes. And so, but anyway, I thought Matt did a, a great job on Sunday. Um, and I want to talk about um, three words that he presented in that message yes. that uh, really were the crux of it. And I hope people caught that. Uh, but diving deeper into three words, and those three words are talk, thought, and reason. And the difference between being a mature Christian and being an immature Christian. That's right. And that's exactly what 1 Corinthians 13, 11 shares. Uh, let me just read that so we can see those three uh, words right where they're at in Scripture. Uh, the Scripture share, shares this once again in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, Paul says, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the way... I put, excuse me, I put the, the ways of childhood behind me. Mm -hmm. And yes, those three words should just hit us in the face in the sense when we're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 here, because how important is it that our words talk, that our thought, the mind that, that uh, we are commanded to have as Christ had, and, and how to make decisions or reason based on, of course, our purpose. All three are there, so uh, I'll let you take it from there, and I'll let you guide us to uh, the next. Uh, I'm kind of curious where you're going to take me. <laughs> well, it's, and I want to look at it from the, the standpoint of immaturity and maturity, obviously, yes. jumping from your immaturity into maturity. Christian maturity, but also from the standpoint of, I think many times we fail as Christians to recognize that other people may still be immature spiritually, yes. and we expect them to be able to speak at a collegiate level when they're still in kindergarten, or right. to right. think at a collegiate level when they're in kindergarten, yeah. or reason at a collegiate level when they're in kindergarten, and we put unfair expectations on people sometimes without putting the expectations on ourselves. That's right. Now, you know, in in context here, Paul is speaking to a church that has been in place for many years, decades now, and there's still that challenge where uh, they're not really uh, falling into the maturity of of the of the faith, if you will, and they're missing the mark miserably. And we see that all the way. You know, he begins the conversation in chapter eleven, there, First Corinthians chapter eleven, and he's continuing it with chapter thirteen, which he's leading up, of course, to love and and exactly what love and self discipline is and what maturity truly looks like. But he is speaking to uh, members of a congregation that are completely, uh, you know, in it, but. In it, not as mature Christians, as immature Christians, and, and that's exactly what he's going to uh, pinpoint here, and he brings out those three words. Now, let me share this, John. It's very important because we know this uh, on the other side of the coin in the sense of the lost. We know this in Matthew, I believe it's 18, Jesus took a little child, brought that child up to him and was speaking to the lost, be it Pharisees or whoever was in the in the audience there, and he says, you must become like this little child. Absolutely. Now, that lesson is humility because we have people that are in their pride, mm -hmm. and we'll even say in the immaturity of life, in their pride, 
And Jesus said, you must become like this child. The lesson there, Christian, don't miss it, is humility. We're speaking on the other side of the coin now, where we're talking to those people, first and foremost, that say, yes, we're going to repent. We're going to step into the kingdom of God. Number two, we are going to become born again, as we see in John uh, chapter 3, and that we're going to make the commitment. The challenge stops right about there because the next command in the gospel, Jesus said, follow me. I'm the model. I'm the template. And we get to command number three, and that's where these these uh, folks uh, in church are sitting. They can't get past the third command out of the 50 that we experience in in the uh, in the gospel so you can see where Paul would be extremely frustrated because we haven't got to the third step out of the 50 we need to take let's say uh, and so they're missing the mark miserably and he knows that because he's listening to their words listening to how they're thinking and also how they're reasoning mm -hmm. and so uh, excuse me Paul here you know he's like we've got to uh, we got to resolve this and we do this quite often in our own church because we know our society, our culture. Also, you know, you step into it and you're like, folks, uh, Jesus is the model, period. Right. we got to get beyond that. It's because, not Jesus plus something else. Right. And, and let me ask you this, John. Do you know one of the um, symptoms there is how do we know we are just – basically at that third command, if you were, or that direction that Jesus has given. Well, the next command is rejoice. When a Christian is not rejoicing and mm -hmm. truly not receiving uh, the joy that comes with truly going, I have a perfect model in life now, and receiving that, and you see, you hear a lot of self-pity in their words and how they think, uh, we know huh, we, we have some work to do. And so here again, Paul is, is addressing exactly that. Well, let's take these three, Drake, talk, thought, and reason, Yes. and uh, let's look at their, uh, the wonderful weirdness <laughs> okay. to come back to the book yes. uh, that uh, is each of these, and, and contrast then, the as you alluded to a moment ago, the difference in, uh, for example, talk of an immature Christian yes. versus the talk of a mature Christian, yes. and it's not uh, it's not the the words so much as it is the attitude and the the right. the uh, what you're living behind it. Yeah, and the expression that, right. that comes along with that. Well, since you use talk, let's just use uh, a familiar term: words. Our words. What are we? saying what words are coming out of your mouth and of course oftentimes we misunderstand our responsibility when it comes to words now there's three aspects that just come off the top of my mind as you know I'm just speaking from the heart here but when it comes to our talk we have words coming out but with the word there's also tone tonality mm -hmm. and there's also nonverbal uh, we often miss uh, the two aspects, later aspects there, we understand words, but we don't understand we communicate with our tone and also our nonverbals. Mm -hmm. And it's quite interesting when you look at the, the stats, I believe it's like words only communicate 8% of what we're trying to say. Right. And tonality and, and uh, uh, self-control represents all of that, almost down the middle there. And so, wow, uh, you know, how we're saying it counts. Well, for example, I can tell you, I'm praying for you. Yes. Or I can say, hm, I'm praying for you. That's right. Same words. That's right. But completely different thought uh, as far as the expression. Yes, let me be more practical. I'm thinking of my wife there. Yeah, I love you, baby. 
<laughs> whore. I love you. Yeah. Well, I, I like this one, John. I told you I loved you when we first got married. I meant it. I don't need to say it again. Right. Well, you better, you better evaluate that a little better. <laughs> right. So. Or how I say I love you to my wife versus how I say I love you to uh, a brother or sister in Christ. That's right. And let me say this. Sweetie, I know you're listening. I love you. She's blushing right now. I promise you. You and can Sherry, see her. <laughs> Sherry, let me say, I love you too. <laughs> yes. But it's completely different. Yes. Yeah. So how important is it, though, as we're using words? I always think of a teenager when it comes to words, right? Because uh, I remember being a teen myself and also listening to many of our teens. That's not what I said. Mm-hmm. Right, they say something, and of course, with the eye rolls, uh, let's say the uh, the the sigh of disgust. Sometimes, yeah, you're saying so much more than you realize, mm-hmm. and that is an immature person if you think about it, where they're not being intentional with really what they're saying. They're just allowing whatever to come out to come out. Right, uh, you know, like a like a child, or even we we'll go to a baby. The baby knows how to communicate from heart. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. We're creating the image of God. The heart's there, and the baby knows how to communicate. I promise you that. And what they're communicating is at an immature level. And when they want something, they cry or, you know, something immature in that, in that realm. So, um, yeah, that's how an immature person truly, um, let's say, communicates. No wor- filter. With words. No filter, if No you filter. Will. Yeah. yeah, and so many Christians, you know, they want to say this, and it's, it's. I understand it, but it, we got to understand what this is. They're like, well, I'm just speaking my heart in the sense of being pretty mean, or I'm being real, I'm being authentic. What's wrong with it? Yeah, but you're being a jerk, if you will, uh, and you're being a, a real jerk, but that's not who we are. We right. are to be intentional with stepping into the kingdom and then truly seeking that out and being intentional with our words now that we are using our words in a way that when they come out, the fruits of the spirit are experienced. Not only that, let's say the, the essence or the spirit of uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was never mean. He he was never uh, you know in a way that's going to yeah condescending, uh, causing hurt or suffering. Uh, but what happens in in we're going to get to it in our thinking is you know we start blaming God. That's all we're doing when we're like I'm just being real. If God didn't want me to be like this, I wouldn't talk like this. Well, you're blaming God for your laziness God and your made me immaturity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so again, uh, how that is uh, you know so important to understand when we say we're going to step into the kingdom, we're going to repent. That's in every aspect of our life, including of course are words. We have to learn how to pause, self-control, uh, not allow everything uh, just to come out and, and just say what you want. I know, I'll do what I want. <laughs> it well, doesn't work. And to, uh, to paraphrase something I read in a devotion over the last couple of days, are you offering feedback or criticism? Yes. Yes. Uh, By the way, that was in uh, Drake's uh, uh, newest devotion that I read that. 
Yes, law guy, right? Uh, where Jesus said, "Judge not," and uh, that's not—that's nothing more than learning how to listen. Because once you can listen to understand, and you pause, and then you are truly concerned, you have compassion. Then you're going to respond with your words in a mature way, and that really is the difference between uh, the words here. We we have I'll kind of do what I want, but then we truly take that command of Jesus: "Judge not." Uh, and then we apply that to who we are in Christ always, and then we truly add value to our communication rather than uh, picking at each other and, and causing the suffering that you know, we're experiencing right now. We're, uh, you know, John, I think uh, with our words and our thinking and even our reasoning, we're in a moment in history that, uh, let, let me call it this way, uh, despair. Yeah. Yeah. Line of despair, if you will. But the wonderful thing about, I guess, that thought, there is, there's always opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how exciting is that? But that, that's where we're at. So we have to start stepping up to uh, the plate, if you will, and then really crossing the line, making a decision, draw the line, if you will, like, I'm going to become a mature person. I'm going to seek after it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to figure it out. So let me wrap up that part by saying this. Just because you think it, doesn't mean you have to say it. <laughs> that leads us into the next one, yeah. which is thought. That's the right. Thinking it. And with that thought, you know, why are you thinking some of the thoughts that you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you well know, we all have the ability with whatever thought or idea that comes into our mind, we have to accept it or reject it. And uh, what is that acceptance or rejection based on? Well, uh, of course, that is. Jesus Christ. Right. And not only that, we can look at the plan of God. We can look at even some contemporary work that's happening through Henry Cloud with boundaries. We've got to have boundaries, limitations in our mind, and that's called our faith with these commands that we're putting into our mind and into our heart that, you know what, I'm just not going to accept it or I am going to accept it based on the conditions of our faith. And I'm speaking uh, classical Christianity here, uh, and so that we can step into it, and then we are truly uh, in it, in Christ, rather, as we've been saying, in church. Mm-hmm. Because how many people, uh, in just in the faith, uh, they look good on the outside, as I'm going to be preaching today. Uh, pretty packages, nice bows, and but uh, boy, on the inside, if you open them up, in their mind and heart is is the gift of Christ even there, right? You know, and so we have to seek after God with all of our mind, and of course that's where I say you can't hide attitude. Your words are going to give you away your tone, all of that. But then again, uh, we understand when when people are struggling, and we won't give fault or find blame or anything like that. We're just going to say, you know what? It's true. I need to work on my thinking. Um, patterns, if you will, uh, software, as some folks call it, the software in our mind, and work on it and start thinking as Christ thought. And if we can do that, uh, we can truly lean into it. And of course, you're going to develop that and grow it where you're going to become a mature Christian. I like to think of it as the garden, using the garden sure. uh, analogy of uh, what do you want to grow in your garden? If you want to yeah. grow weeds, well, go ahead and throw weed seeds in because that's what you're going to get. That's right. But if you want to grow goodness and the fruits of the Spirit, all those, right. then you need to plant those seeds, which are known as the commands of Christ. Right. right. And we have to understand, I think, also the content of, of thought. 
oftentimes we're not uh, really putting the puzzle together when it comes to how we think. And, and, and we have to go to Jesus. We go to Scripture and we see how Jesus thought. Without a shadow of a doubt, he was a, um, an optimist, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, many people misunderstand that word. That is not positive thinking. Right. That just simply means, I believe it can be done. Right. Now, you have to have purpose there. Our purpose is the kingdom. But, you know, we got to be careful with that because if your motive is wrong, for some reason I'm thinking of Hitler. He was an optimistic thinker. Mm-hmm. I believe this can be done. But his motive was completely evil. Right. Where, okay, you can still think with purpose, but if it's based on that self-centeredness rather than God-centeredness, you are in big, big trouble. You're just mm-hmm. following under the grace of God, and you're using uh, his methods, his ways, if you will, for your own benefit. Shame on you. We're not, we're not here to uh, stand or be in self-centeredness, but be God-centeredness. And when we are, we're, we're like Christ and I believe the the command, or excuse me, the scripture I'm thinking of is Luke eight eight fifty. We use it often. Just believe. Mm-hmm. Now the challenge with that is if that's the only part of your mind, uh, you're missing a lot of different areas because it, believe is just the beginning. Being optimistic, going okay, I believe I can change my thoughts. I believe I can think like. Uh, that's only half of the faith equation as as we right, share. Right. Uh, belief plus action equals faith. And so then, of course, the, the next piece to that is, you know, avoid helpless thinking. Mm-hmm. Boy, my goodness, I'm so glad we're out of that with our church because when I first got there, we would present ideas, uh, we'd put a plan together, and all we would hear was, I can't, we don't have the money, we don't have the people, this very helpless type of thinking that, you know, all things are possible in Christ. Mm-hmm. And let's quit finding excuses and why we can't do something. And let's really think about uh, why we can do something in the purpose and reason which we're going to in, in Christ. But we got to start thinking. Avoid the helpless thinking. In fact, I would even say I did this years ago with a Sunday school um, Department, I said, let's go and have a funeral. And I had all of the Sunday school teachers write all the I can'ts uh, down. They put it in an actual coffin, and we actually buried it in the back of the church. And I talked to somebody just not too long ago. They're like, that coffin and that headstone is still at that church uh, because we buried the can'ts. Mm-hmm. And we had to avoid that type of thinking. And then, of course, we can go all day with this. Uh, and But uh, what are some of the other uh things we can avoid. Well, one of the things is avoiding, uh, let's say that uh, overgeneralizing. We do that all the time with our thinking. Uh, another thing we we do is actually what we can do is right-size thinking. Mm-hmm. I like that term. Henry Cloud uses that term, right-size thinking or right-size problem thinking, because what happens is uh, we fall into a problem, let's say, uh, in, in a relationship or in our circumstances, and then all of a sudden everything becomes right. this catastrophe catastrophe if you every every my whole life is terrible you know let's let's right size our thinking Mm -hmm. and let's uh, resolve that not only by ourselves well not with your by yourselves with others (laughs) i'm trying to say there and of course assumption thinking and all of that so there's a lot to that of course we don't have time to get into that but that's exactly right you know the the analogy you're using is start planting those seeds optimism and and uh, right size thinking and and also uh, avoid that helpless thinking pull those weeds out and and truly have a garden that's going to work for you and it's going to produce fruit if you will or or a 
produce that that you can truly use and will be beneficial to you and others but you can't just sit back and look at the garden and go oh i wish it was better and and i hope somebody does something about it it takes action on your part to do it seek the kingdom of god Take the initiative. That was last week's devotion. We've got to learn to take the initiative and not be idle in in that particular command where uh, Jesus is very clear. Seek the mm-hmm. kingdom of God, Jesus says. And we have to be obedient to that to make sure that our garden is uh, maintained, being uh, nourished and developed. And, and you just never come to the end of that. Right, right. So we have our words and we have our thoughts the third leg of that stool, if you will, is our reason. Our reason. And boy, we can break reason down. Uh, reason, what's other words we can use? Well, why? Why do I exist? What's my reason? Uh, another word is, uh, let's see, uh, motive. What's my motive? What's my intent? Uh, and, you know, what a powerful, powerful word. But the word that comes to my mind, of course, with wonderfully weird on my mind, uh, our f- uh, second chapter in my book is purpose. Right. Uh, you know, so many people uh, actually do not know their purpose. They don't know why they exist. And we land, uh, let's say, in, in a culture during a time, in a period, or wherever, and we, we land on the what, rather than the why. So why is purpose? And then we get we get planted, if you will, in the sense of being born, and we land on the what, and then we're taught through culture and, and family or whoever, think what, how, then why. Well, Jesus says, now the kingdom is near. You need to repent, and you start thinking why, how, and then what, and even that, which is possibility. And when we can repent of that way, then we see real purpose. Now, the immaturity is this. People think, what first? That could be your position. That can be your uh, job. It can be money. It can be what's going on. And you don't even think about the purpose. You just do it because you've been taught that way. You're reactive. Right. And then, of course, how is about practice. And we're not even thinking about our purpose. And what happens is, we, we get into this, and then we never get to really the purpose because we come back to the what because we become busybodies, as the Bible says. And, and, and then we're just practicing the way culture or whatever our beliefs and practices of our family, church perhaps, I don't know, and it doesn't work. And then we come to the point going, why is this not working? Well, we first and foremost have to understand why we've been created in the image of God. We have to understand that purpose. Because once you do that, then you have a divine purpose, then you have all the motivation in the world. You know why you exist. You understand, and you have something now to not only self-motivate, but to inspire and motivate others. And so uh, it is, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. But that immaturity is is alive and well in our culture today. Uh, we're constantly fighting that uh, in the sense of what's your purpose? Uh, and then the practice of Christianity, we've gotten away from that, prayer and fasting and, and you know, uh, solitude and simplicity and how do you put this purpose in place? We've got to get back to the basics. And if we just get to the core, the heart of that, God Boy, I tell you what, we're, we're just going to knock it out in this moment of despair and bring back uh, that reality of God's kingdom. So it all comes back then again, for me anyway, to being proactive and being 
taking uh, taking control of your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, if you're, I made some notes here while you were talking, and and the question is, are you proactive, which is leading to your purpose, yeah. or are you reactive, which leaves you flailing in your problems? Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, be careful with that leading to your purpose because you live in your purpose, right? Yeah, but I mean, but revealing but, and revealing that uh, because once you reveal it, you're in it. And I know where you're coming from because mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're sitting in the what's of this world and we've got to get to that. But once it's uncovered, there's this, well, of course, that that awakening that, of course, Scripture talks about uh, in many different places. And then once we're there, now we can go back. we got to humble ourselves now to get to that purpose. Then we're now learning the hows and then what comes along with that, along with the possibilities and, and those three different, the four different words of that. So is it why, how, what, that. Now, here's, here's my legacy. In between there is connecting all that, and that's known as with. With. (laughs) And that's what we'll be preaching on tonight, with God and with others. And once that's in place, uh, with that understanding inside out, with God and with others, you are a mature Christian. So it's all about uh, being active, taking control, and jumping in to your faith, jumping into your purpose. Why, Why not just jump in? What's stopping you besides uh, guilt and shame of, of culture, family, perhaps church? <laughs> you just need to do it. Uh, I, 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 rec- I, rec- yeah, I recall that moment. I just, I'm done playing the game. I'm not on the fence. I'm either going to do it or I'm out of here. So right. I decided to jump in. Why, uh, why not just jump as uh, the song, who is sang by a pretty immature um, person, but uh, Matt pretty much took care of that. On right. <laughs> well, um, as always, we want to leave folks with some questions to ponder. And, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I came up with some as you were uh, going through that Absolutely. I think are very relevant. And so the first one uh, is, um, are you, your words, are you offering feedback or criticism? And that is a uh, completely different mindset between those two. Yes. And then the second one has to do with thought. And, um, uh, and I didn't make the notes on this one. I wish I had. But the third one, so I thought I would remember it. Well, I would say this. That's just the patterns. What, what different patterns do you have up here in your thought? I remember what it was. What seeds are you planting (laughs) in your garden? That's the question. Okay. And then the third one has to do with reason. And that was what I just said a moment ago. Are you proactive, which is living in your purpose, or are you reactive, which leaves you drowning in your problems? Yes. The PP problem the PP problem. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, if folks are hearing this uh, in time today, we certainly invite you to come join us for Christmas Eve, uh, 2.30 and 4.30 this afternoon at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan and live on Facebook. So you can catch us there too. And and as we start the new year, Drake, uh, you've uncovered uh, what the theme is going to be for uh, 2020. Let's just talk about that real briefly here. Yes, the theme is simply lights, camera, action. And our verse for the year is we're starting square one, Genesis 
1 1 you know in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and actually if we got into that that actually exposes uh, maturity versus immaturity exactly so we invite you if you do not have a home church and you're in the fort morgan area come and join us in person you can always join us uh, via facebook or youtube and uh, just know that uh, no matter whether you like it or not as drake says you are loved no matter what and we want to wish everyone a very, very Merry Christmas. We'll talk again before the new year, so we'll wait with that, but a Merry Christmas. Looking forward to that. All right. For pastor and author Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. Thanks for joining us today, and a Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.